Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Uh, for any of you new to our program, Kraken Fancast focuses on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken. We analyze uh, recent past games, talk about what's upcoming for the team, go over various team news and stats, and we share all sorts of opinions of all sorts of Kraken-related happenings. We'll also at time presents, uh, present interviews, which we will be doing momentarily, uh, with people directly involved with the team or in the league in this case, as well as uh, those in the fan community. Plus, uh, when we can, we aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. Big thanks, as always, to our main sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. All right, everybody. So a real big thing happened since our last episode, a really big thing. The Seattle Kraken officially clinched a playoff spot, folks, for the first time in only their second year of existence. So it's quite a quite a piece of history here. Uh, it's, it was an exciting time. It's exciting time to be a hockey fan in Seattle right now. We're beyond thrilled. Uh, Jim Nathan and I got to witness a momentous occasion, to say the least, in the team's young history. The, on Thursday, April 6th, the Kraken defeated the Arizona Coyotes by the score of 4-2 to two at home. And that's the game they got to officially clinch a spot. They've got a wild card spot as we speak right now, and that's probably where they're going to stay. It's it's kind of a stretch to move up, but uh, mathematically, I suppose they could. But uh, having a wild card spot, getting in the playoffs, it's not something we were holding our breaths for earlier in the season uh, after the first year. So it's it's a great great feeling. Um, as of this recording, they have the top wild card spot. Uh, Winnipeg and Calgary and Nashville fighting out things for that final spot. Uh, Kraken, if they stay where they're at, I understand they'll probably play whoever is going to be the second seed. And that that team in that spot seems to literally change day by day as the records of the top teams in the Western Conference are very close and keep switching around. So we might not know exactly who they'll play until the very last day of the regular season. So stay tuned more about that. Now, we'll talk more, as usual, about the uh, recent past games, but we're going to start our show a little bit differently uh, today, and we're going to start with chatting with a guest who uh, knows very much about one of Seattle's division rivals, a uh, guy we've had on the program before last season, and uh, and uh, he he's, knows a team that will uh, actually the Kraken are finishing the season out with uh, two games. Speaking of the Vegas Golden Knights, and the man who's joining us is our friend Tommy Ippolito. Tommy's the manager of the Hyde Lounge at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, Tommy's uh, hosted Nathan when he's gone to Vegas for a game and uh, also hooked us up with tickets for one of our contest winners. And uh, he's one of the sources of uh, Golden Knight insight for us, if you will. So, Tommy, great to see you. Welcome to Kraken Fancast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me again. Uh, always a pleasure. How is, uh, how is from your point of view, uh, Vegas' season this year? I mean, obviously, they're also a playoff team. And uh, you had a new coach, Bruce Cassidy, who Jim and I, being uh, Bruins fans also, we, we know intimately well. What, what, what's your feeling on, the, on Vegas' season overall this year? 
it's a it's been kind of a whirlwind you know we're we're fighting for first in the in the western conference of course the pacific as well but we started out like gangbusters like 13 and 2 right out of the gate and uh had had visions of season one right you know bruce cassidy new coach comes in lights a fire under the guys and just get off to a great start then the middle of the season injuries started piling on um stone you know our captain goes out um eichel was out for a good period of time so middle of the season we had a little bit of a lull um kind of kind of some doubts crept in and uh during that time like oh man is this is this gonna turn turn south and then um there was a dad's trip right before the all-star break no coming out of the all-star break i'm sorry and then coming out of the all-star break we have one of the best records in the nhl so things are great man right now i think the state of the team is really really good even though you know we're we're still winning without our starting goalie which is you know crazy in in this uh climate of the nhl at one point we had four goalies start four different four games in a row and we won all four games which was the first time that's ever happened in the nhl so cassidy's system is really defensive um focused so you know I'm not saying anybody can be in net, but the high danger chances just aren't there. So um, even with our starting goalie out, Logan Thompson, we're still uh, we're still looking good. And is he coming back? We thinking or what, what's his status? So he he's starting the skate right now. He came back for one game and then went out six minutes left in the third period. So when he started skating again a couple of weeks ago. And he came back and he can't remember who we were playing, but it was on the road. Something happened. He went down lower body, lower, lower body injury with six minutes to go in the game. We're like, oh man, we just got him back and he's out again. But apparently he's skating right now. So we'll see if he comes back. You know, there's no, the bad thing, there's no time left for him to get some game action in. So, you know, hopefully he can get, if he comes back, if he comes back, he can just jump right back in and, you know, get the net back. But right now we have uh, uh, Brassois and Jonathan Quick who are both getting the job done. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Now the the Kraken finally get off the the you know the 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 thing on the monkey on their back. There, Vegas was had won all the games against the Kraken. They finally won a game earlier and uh, played some good games. They've got two coming up as as of this recording. Um, what what's your thoughts have been about Seattle? You've obviously watched them a few times, and you've been been to Seattle. I'd like to talk in a, a moment about your experience here, but uh, what you know, what what are your thoughts on, on that team right now? And you know, obviously playoff level team, but kind of a streaky team this year too. So kind of hard to know who's going to show up from week to week. Yeah, um, fun team to watch. We uh, we came into Seattle to see the Springsteen concert, and they happened to be playing. Toronto, which didn't go very well that game for them, but um, fun, exciting, fast. Um, kind of reminded me of us, you know, season one. You know, the underdogs. You know, the team chemistry seems seems to be good with them. Um, hopefully, these next two games don't go well for them. You know, obviously, I'm biased for uh, the Golden Knights, but understand. Um, 
think there's been some, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, some goaltending goaltending issues this year in Seattle. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going into the postseason for them. But I'm I'm thrilled for them. You know, um, it doesn't look like we have a chance to meet in round one. A lot of lot of things have to happen, which you know are kind of unlikely to happen. But what a story that would be. You know, Seattle and Vegas round one of the playoffs, but. Um, doesn't seem to be in the cards. No, maybe round two. You know, ne- you never know. Um, that's that's true. And um, you, um, Vegas. Um, I was going to say uh, your your experience. Now, I haven't been to a Vegas game yet. I've certainly seen it on TV uh, quite a bit and all. Uh, but you got to have an experience here in Seattle. Um, you came one one game. Was it just that one Toronto game, or did you come? You've given me no. I've came. Um... Last year, I came to a couple of games, and this year, I came to that first Golden Knights game, and then um, and then the Toronto game. So four or five games, you know, through the first two seasons. Yeah. Well, all of us, you know, have this experience of new or newish arenas and, and new teams. And gosh, I think we're the people that two teams we're talking about expansion and uh, in the playoffs. That doesn't usually happen historically like ever. Right. It's been really it's been really fun. What did what what did you what were your thoughts on your experience here? Uh, you know, um, overall with the arena yeah. fan base. Um, yeah, it's fun games. You know, one of the best goal songs, I think, in the NHL, you know, it's, gets gets pretty, pretty energized there when when the Kraken score with that uh, with that song. So the arena is beautiful. You know, I, I I think I work at one of the best best arenas in the league um not only for hockey but for concerts basketball you know it's just a real special place but back to climate pledge that's a really neat really neat well done arena um i've wanted to take the tour when i when i've been in seattle but just dates haven't worked out for it because i still feel like there's a lot of it i haven't seen um i had the pleasure of being in the tunnel club suites, I think four out of the five games that I watched there. And it was so cool being on, the, being, on the, yeah, being on the ground level and then having that, you know, all the glass in the suites and the teams are walking by, smoke's going. Um, so that was super cool experience. And the other time I, I was in the club section, which, which was, which was awesome too. Um, brand new, of course, um, everything, nice 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 and clean the technology kind of tripped me out a little bit when i went into this like convenience store i think amazon or i don't know what it was but put my credit card in walked in grabbed what i whatever i wanted and the lady was like just leave i'm like okay how does it know what she's like trust me it, it knows so the technology just second to none from from what i've seen when, um, I, for one, know that you're a golfer. Did you uh, get any golf rounds in while you were here as well? And if so, where did you golf? I didn't. Um, oh, it you was, didn't? What? It was like February. So, you know, I'm cold adverse, as you know, Nathan. Um, actually, took took I, this winter, I went into the winter saying I wasn't going to golf when it was cold and windy and miserable. And I, I held pretty strong to that. You know how much I love golf. So that was kind of tough. I think I played five or six rounds, you know, these, 
You know, when I say cold, Vegas, you know, people don't think it gets cold in Vegas, but when that wind gets blowing, it's it's pretty I, re- I remember. Yeah. You and I, played, you and I yeah, golfed in. Right. We yeah. played together in just really bad conditions. Um so yeah, now it's in the 80s. Loving it. Um So yeah, I've been been playing a couple times a week and the golf in Seattle was great when you took me to that one course. I just loved it. Mature trees, green Which one everywhere. Which did you, go, you guys go to? Uh, I, would I take you at Meadow Park? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Meadow yeah, Park. Yeah, we played, um, I can't remember the other courses we played, but it was in April of last year. And it was still one of the courses that was really damp. You're walking. It was like. Um, the other course was dry, but. Coming from the desert to Seattle, especially that course you took me, um, like what are all these big green things, you know, lining the fairways? We just, you don't see trees like that in Vegas. So it, it was it was a cool golf experience. And, you know, I, I can't wait to get back out there to play again. Yeah. Well, speaking of experience too, I, I think we touched on it a little bit last year, but, you know, we have more listeners this year and all. I'd love, love to hear a little bit more about the Vegas experience in, in, in general or as specifically as you can. Uh, more and more people are, you know, traveling. I, I notice on TV, I'm seeing Kraken fans at a lot of other arenas, which makes me happy. Usually with a lot of the old school teams, you'll see that uh, fan base right. traveling and Seattle people uh, seem to be starting to more. And I, I, I understand there's a good amount of Seattle people who have come to some Vegas games, but for those who haven't, Tommy, could you talk a little bit about the overall experience uh, of coming to T-Mobile Arena? Yeah, you know, I I travel, see, I I go to see the Knights in other arenas, so got a pretty decent base of what the other presentations are across the league. Um, And Nathan can probably attest to this. I think our game game presentation is second to none. Uh, Not only is the energy just insane inside the arena, just just during the timeouts, you know, what's going on during the timeouts, you might have a Cirque, Cirque du Soleil performance or, you know, you never know what's going to happen during the game. Um, I think that's what kind of like stands us out from the rest of the league is the show that Vegas puts on for not only hockey fans, but for people that don't know what offsides is versus, you know, a penalty kill. We have so many people that come to Vegas um, that come to the games, you know, especially being an expansion team. And you guys can probably relate to this as a lot of people were introduced to hockey and people go to people can go to a Vegas night game and literally leave obsessed, you know, buying jerseys and following the team and like downloading apps. And like um, I see it firsthand all the time. So I think that's a testament, like I said, of of the show they put on, that they can transform people that don't know anything about hockey into hockey fans. And I want to touch on something really quick. I, I know Vegas gets a bad rap across the league. You know, there's there's no denying that. You can go to any, like, message boards or any chats. You know, people somewhat don't like Vegas because of the presentation and the show before the game. And just know. to talk a little bit about the show, just to back up, it's it's kind of theatrical, right? At the, at the yeah, total theatrical. You know the the golden. They play a video before the before the game, before the announce, before the puck drop. 
dim the lights, play this video. There's lasers going off. There's all sorts of characters around the around the arena that relates to the video on the Nitron that they're showing. And then it goes from that video scene to the ice. So if the night, if our golden night was like walking through the desert looking for something, the video cuts out and then they recreate that scene on the ice with the projectors and everything. And it's a show. It's a good 10 minute show before anything happens before the ice. And, you know, a lot of traditionalists, that's not hockey, you know, that, you know, you always hear that kind of stuff about the show Vegas puts on, but doesn't everybody want the game of hockey to grow, right? You know, NFL owns, you know, everybody loves football, um, basketball, baseball, hockey's, you know, fourth on the total pole, which I think is a travesty. So I think it's great that Vegas is putting on this grand show that might not be hockey traditional, to grow the fan base, you know, that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of what the league needs, you know, the more fans, the better. Um, so anyway, that was my little soapbox, but uh, the energy in the arenas unmatched anywhere else. Seattle was up there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but during the game, the intensity of the crowd in T-Mobile arena is, is electric. And I think that it's all encompassing with the show with the product on the ice, um, 18,000 people every single game, um, you know it's going to be a party with people in gold glitter jackets, you know, Elvis impersonators, the whole nine yards. It's it's just, you have to, you have to come down and experience it. Well, there's some authentic Vegas vibes there, obviously, and it's, sure. you know, you're in Vegas, so why, why not? Right. Uh, but, you know, you... Uh, I think there was a, some concern early on. Oh, is it just going to be the Vegas tourists showing up to the games? Who's going to be there or whatever? And people forget what a largely populated area you live in. Right. It's grown so much. There are a lot of locals. Obviously, you, you, all your season ticket right, you know, right. sold out, right? Yeah, we have two, what, two and a half million people now in Vegas. It's huge. Um I've been here since 90, 95, so seen it grow tremendously. And my response to that is, what a great, what a great atmosphere to have diehard hockey fans and non-diehard hockey fans. It just creates a really cool, cool atmosphere. And speaking of, you know, back to Vegas having, you know, hockey fans, we've we've had hockey, we've had minor league hockey in Vegas for a long time. So it's not like this is totally new to Vegas. Uh, we're six years in now, but, you know, we had the Las Vegas Thunder way before um, the Knights came around. And when they when they um, they opened up season tickets without even getting getting a team awarded and sold out, you know, 14,000 season tickets before a team was even awarded by the NHL, which is insane to me. Um, so, yeah, 14,000 season ticket holders out of the 18,000, you know, in the arenas is an incredible, incredible number. Yeah, amazing that Vegas was a big sports betting place, of course, but not a home of major league teams. I mean, minor league, as you, as you mentioned, but, uh, you know, you also got the Raiders there. And obviously, right. there's a lot of excitement for that. And uh, the, when there's ever talk about an NBA expansion, which Seattle is, you know, 
first on the lips of people about that. Sometimes, well, who else would go in? Well, maybe Vegas. They've already got a, an arena there. And uh, not to mention, and no promises on this, but the Oakland A's have a little problem with their stadium and their home. And sometimes, right. where, where would they move? Oh, maybe Las yeah. Vegas. So it's amazing that all eyes so, are on there is a, right. is a, so, a typical place. Yeah. So go, going back to my roots here, when I moved here from Arizona in 95, um, I absolutely love it here. I love everything about Las Vegas. But 10 years ago, you know, I always tell people Las Vegas is the most incredible place. And there was always the except no pro sports, right? Pro sports coming here would make it like heaven on earth for me, you know, 10 years ago. The golf is amazing. The weather's good. The nonstop entertainment, best hotels and restaurants in the world, you know, on a three-mile road. Um, always have visitors coming to see me. Um, everything was great except pro sports. And then the Knights come. Then the Raiders come. Now, you know, the A's, I think it's more likely than not that they'll be, they'll be coming. And the NBA... Um, everything that I've heard and read is that Seattle and Vegas will be the two, the two franchises that are, um, awarded in the expansion. So, you know, going six years ago to have no pro sports to most likely having all four within a 10 year period is just, it's just mind blowing. And it behooves, you know, you look at the success of the Knights, 18,000 people, every single game, whether it's a Tuesday or Saturday. The Raiders sold out 65,000 seats to season ticket holders, me being one of them. Um, if you're an if you're an owner of a, a, a failing NBA franchise that's losing money, you would immediately turn around your franchise if you moved it here. Now they're talking expansion, right? But let's take the A's. Automatic, automatic home run baseball you know pun pun intended um, go for literal, it. yeah literal grand slam if they move their franchise here what what other city in the world maybe besides orlando has a potential of 700 five to seven hundred thousand potential customers that night to go see a game right you have all those tourists on the strip that are looking for something to do that no other no other city has that opportunity. You have to you have to rely on the locals. So a team moving here would get the local support, and then the potential five hundred thousand people just roaming the strip that would go to the game. So um, everybody sees it. Everybody sees the success of the franchises that are thriving here. And like I said, it's it's more likely than not we'll have all four majors uh, within two or three years. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. So just to jump back and to kind of wrap up a bit, you know, let's getting back to the team, the Knights, get any predictions, any vibes, you know, obviously there's that change you mentioned with the, with the goalies and all, but uh, it seems to be holding fine, you know, quick has fit in with the team. Well, Uh, you guys some expectations or vibes of how far they're going to go. You know what? I'm obviously biased. I'm obviously really biased because I'm a huge fan, but I think, you know, I think this team's built to win this year. Um, we have the defense, which, which bodes well for playoff style hockey. Uh, we have the ability to score and, um, something really big happened today is stone started practice skating with, with the team. He's in a no contact Jersey. Um, but he's close. So, you know, it's the old Kucherov, you know, come back 
in the playoffs, it doesn't count against salary cap, but you know, him coming back, he's, he's one of the best players in the league, right? His defensive skills and offensive awareness are just crazy, crazy good. And he just makes everybody around him better. So the fact he's skating today is, you know, really, really big. So, you know, I, I, I these next two games against Seattle are large for us. Edmonton's right on our heels. We're, they're, they're two points behind us and they own the tiebreaker. They have Colorado tomorrow night. We have Seattle, of course. So if we can somehow beat Seattle in regulation and Colorado takes care of um, Edmonton, we win the Pacific and then most likely get Winnipeg or or uh, Calgary, which is huge, right? You know, easier first round opponent for us. We want none of that Edmonton or LA smoke in the first round. Major physical series. Um, let them beat each other up. Hopefully Edmonton, LA finishes 2-3. Let them beat each other up in, for, in the first round. Hopefully we get by Winnipeg or Calgary and have a better chance against those two. Edmonton's scary. Um, their firepower is ridiculous. So I, I think it's going to be Edmonton or Vegas coming out of the West. Um, you know, maybe LA knocks knocks off Edmonton round one. There's so many. The West is is separated by nine points, right? I mean, the the disparity is so ridiculous, so close. Um, it's exciting. I mean, this is the most exciting time of the year. It's going to come down to the last game of the season, most likely Vegas and Seattle, um, as far as our seeding goes. So, you know, to to answer your question, I'm I'm hoping for the best business wise. Of course, you know, it's a tremendous amount of money for Hyde you know, the further we go in the playoffs. So not only as a fan, but as a business operator, we're talking a large amount of money when it comes to like round two, round three, and then getting it, getting into the cup. So hoping for the best, you know, I don't want another long summer like last year when we uh, missed the playoffs. Well, maybe, maybe we can see, uh, uh, you know, the Bruce Cassidy bowl there. We can see both Bruins and Knights at the How, I'm how sure exciting like that. would that be? be? Such a storyline there, obviously, right? Dude incredible it would it would be it would be amazing yeah but i i think we we share your fear on edmonton man they're getting hot at the right time here so eh, we'll see but nhl playoff hockey nothing better and it's it's going to be really yeah. interesting i i agree 100 you know anything can happen look at you know as long as you get into the playoffs anything can happen in a seven game series goalie gets hot somebody starts lighting up the scoreboard you know, so that that's what makes it exciting is that any team, really any team can win. Look at Tampa Bay getting swept after that historic season. Um, I have I, I have a feeling it's, I'm not going to say Boston's going to get swept, but I don't think they're going to make it to the cup. I just think this this historic season and for no other reason, just from a from a hunch. Right. The, the, this historic season is just screaming of a of a letdown in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. That's everybody well, will be hence, tuning in. Hence, a lot of President's Trophy winners haven't gone on. It's just really a handful. Exactly. Now. Yeah. I mean, the odds suggest that as well, right? The stats. Yeah. It'll be interesting. A lot of great talent. Guys, did you have anything? I know we've been hogging the conversation. You all good? All right. No. I think Tommy uh, handled all the all the good questions. Uh, I had a couple. I, I've been to the Vegas game. I went or to the arena. I went the first season when the Bruins were there, that was 10 days after the tragedy. And, you, you know, I, 
I felt it in that building, the, the, the tragedy, the, the, the team dedication to just turn and go with it right there. And I kept saying all along that had a lot to do with that whole run right there. You know, sure. they, they, they were attached to that. And if you weren't down there and didn't witness it, you wouldn't know that, you know what I'm saying? And then you yeah. brought up another, you brought up another good point about your goaltending this year um, with the four tenders in rotation because of injuries and such. Remember that first year they went, they used five goaltenders and basically did the same thing. Exactly. Remember? So it's so similar to that first year, you know, Maxime, Maxime Lagasse, like got us through a majority of the season. You know, people don't even know who this guy is. Right. Uh, Oscar Dansky is a good friend of mine. He, he came in, got hurt right afterwards, unfortunately, but yeah, to, to your point, very, very similar with the goaltending with Flurry and Subban and, Lagasse and you know Dansk, you know five yeah. goaltenders that first season. Let me touch on uh, if I if we have time. Let me touch on that October first tragedy as it relates to the Golden Knights. You know, obviously everybody knows that route um, that country country music shooting where five you know almost five hundred people lost their you know lost their lives. It was just biggest mass shooting in U.S. history. Just insane tragedy for Vegas, but. That happened, um, it was after a preseason game. Um, the preseason game ended at 940, and then the shooting happened at like 1010. So very, very close to the a, a preseason game. But after the shooting, nobody knew, you know, not nobody, but a lot of the Vegas people didn't know who the Golden Knights were at this point. Nobody knew William Carlson. People might have known Flurry, you know, Nobody really knew, you know, Jonathan Marshall, all the people that were so, so instrumental that that um, first season. After that shooting, these guys, to their credit, went into the community headfirst. Hospitals, blood drives, giving out water, giving out food. Everywhere you looked, the Golden Knights were there helping the community. And Las Vegas was hurting so much from this shooting that we needed we needed something to latch on to and the golden knights season opener was six days away so it was lightning in a bottle for this franchise not only not only for the momentum of the team but just for ticket sales and hysteria and golden knights fever they they latched onto the community and the community latched right back onto them it was yeah, it, it was it was something else, and I don't think this. I don't think the franchise it probably would be as successful, but I don't think the franchise means as much to Las Vegas as it does if that shooting didn't occur. It's great. just like I said, total lightning in a bottle for the franchise and the love affair that really hasn't stopped six years later. It's just it's it's. Everywhere you go, there's Vegas Golden Knights license plates, shirts, hats. And that, you know, to be to be quite honest, that same feeling is with the Raiders. They were a transplant. They're not Vegas born. And they weren't involved in the community during that shooting. So thank you for for bringing that up. It brought back <clears throat> a little bit of memories. But um, yeah, crazy, crazy time. Yeah, just absolutely. Just, yeah. Like I said, I felt it in the, my daughter did too. When we were down, there. it was just uncanny. And uh, another thing, cool thing about going to games there that I, I noticed right out of the box was besides 
Vegas obviously took on to hockey and I knew they would like a lot of naysayers said they wouldn't because it was in the desert and hot hockey. And I said, there's a lot of transplants there. They all came from hockey towns. They all love the game. And the greatest thing about going to uh, a game is if they got a run of a, a week of games at home, you walk the strip. One day you see all Detroit Red Wing jerseys everywhere. The next day, Buffalo rolls through. They're everywhere. And it's just, it's crazy. It's a good vibe that way. Uh, it's one of those places where the the traveling teams travel well, and they have a lot of their own fans in that city. Yeah. So that's that is pretty cool. Speaking of, we just had Edmonton in the building. Um, ton of Edmonton fans. We just had Minnesota. Uh, we did a post game party with Revo, um, Seven Five Brewing. We're the only ones that serve Revo's beer in T-Mobile Arena. So developed a good relationship with him over the years. We did a post game party with him last week. Uh, he was gracious enough to come up and do a party and sign autographs and do a little meet and greet. But to your point, there was half Minnesota fans at that party and half Vegas Golden Knight fans. And during the games, it's such a cool atmosphere when when there's opposing fans in the building that it makes it even more intense during during the game because you have them cheering, you have you know this little rivalry going on between patches of fans. And if you're if you're a Minnesota Wild fan and you want to travel and see your team, you know, how what's what city is better than Vegas to come do a vacation, stay on the strip, walk right to T-Mobile Arena. It's like I could hit a nine iron from three hotels, you know, and hit the arena. So it's very conveniently set up for opposing fans. And to your point, it makes the game so intense when when there's a good mix of uh, opposing fans. Amen yep. on that. All right. Well, great guys. Well, Tommy, thanks so much again for, for joining us. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, uh, kudos to all that you guys do in Vegas. And uh I look forward to being there. Hopefully next season my timing will work out and love to listen, guys hide lounge like yeah. Nathan did. Yeah, the invite's always open for you guys. Anytime you need tickets, I got you. I want you to come experience it uh firsthand. Um, I know. Um, I is like no other venue in the NHL. It's like being in a nightclub, but watching the game, getting great service and it's really a fun place. So invites always open, pick a game and, uh, I will take good care of you guys. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, very much. Of course. Too, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, enjoy, thanks, enjoy, thanks, enjoy the playoff again, hockey. Thanks again for having me on and go Knights go. <laughs> okay <laughs> some degree all right i'll, yeah, yeah, I'll get yeah, exactly. take care all right guys take all care right, appreciate it bye-bye all right guys that again that's uh tommy apolito from uh the hyde lounge in uh vegas uh vegas golden knights t-mobile arena great guy um yeah and i got i do need to take him up on that we absolutely looking forward to that um, all right, guys. Well, great chat. Great way to start the uh, program up. But let's let's get to some games. Oh, what was I saying before we started talking to Tommy? Oh, my God, we're in the playoffs. Um, but uh, we've got a few games we'll we'll run through here a little bit uh, there as usual. And each of our uh, programs here was usually about five or six uh, games. We'll uh, talk a little bit about look back at recent games. Uh, and there were six and. You know, the last few episodes, I was saying, oh, they won three and they lost three. But this time, these last six games, they won five of them. Yes, 
five on a nice roll. Man, they got their asses kicked by Minnesota one day and came back here. And I was at this game against Anaheim. And, oh, that was just what the doctor ordered. Uh, Anaheim comes into town. The Kraken easily beat them uh, four to one at home. Schwartz, Beniers, Sprong, and Winberg with the Seattle goals in that one. Martin Jones with the win with the 18 saves. Seattle totally dominating in that game uh, offensively with 38 shots. It was a nice bounce back after uh, a real bad loss in Minnesota. And, and you know, Jim, that was at a time when we were like, holy crap, are these guys going to make the playoffs? Uh, you know, they seem to be backing into it a little bit. And uh, that was like, oh, yes, that's the team we remember. Yeah, I, I can remember leading into that. I, I had some bad luck of going to games and a run there. So I thought it's probably a good idea to stay home on that one. Uh, I'm glad you took my seat on that. Uh, but that had, you know, that kind of game has that whole uh, potential of the San Jose type thing where, you know, you not you need to win. And then all of a sudden you just lay a huge egg, but they won because they should win. Um, I didn't uh, gather many notes on that game. It, it was obviously a green card game. Uh, but, yeah, we got to win those straight up. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was a nice win. Obviously, Anaheim is one of the worst teams, but on any given day, any of these teams can beat each other. And uh, that was that was great to see. Um, and then, well, then a little hiccup, actually, a team uh, they lost a, a game, the next game that could have helped them a lot in the standings and given us all more confidence. L.A. Kings come to town. Uh, Kings take that one uh, three to one. Oliver Bjorkstrand with the only Seattle goal in that one. Jones was in net again with only 16 saves. Uh, Kraken outshot them 26 to 18. I only got to see parts of that game, uh, guys, but uh, that that was that was disappointing. Uh, and I kept checking in, and uh, you know, it didn't seem. I mean, they were getting the shots in, but defensive lapses, eh? Uh, I was at that game. Surprise, surprise. Uh... Yeah, it was luck, Jim. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Jim's luck changes in a little while, but right now it's yes, it does, and it changed <laughs> really well. <laughs> anyway, um, and that was a you know a seesaw battle game, um, and Bjorkstrand scored late, pretty late in that game for us, and we thought, okay, here's a chance, two to one, maybe we can get back on this, you know, in the third, uh, and then Fiala got, and we pulled the tender, and uh, Kevin Fiala got that empty netter, and he's like, oh crap. Oh, well, but there wasn't much to report on that. You know, we did block a ton of shots on top of that. So it's not like we weren't doing anything. We just couldn't buy a goal. I remember, um, who was it? Oh, Copley, Phoenix Copley. What a great name. A goaltender. Yeah, yeah. What a great name. <laughs> he has a pretty interesting um, story backline of how he got to the NHL. So if you ever look it up, check it out. It kind of reminds me like a Timmy Thomas run really late. He's 31 years old and he's just getting his chance now. And he's from uh, North Pole, Alaska. So that's kind of cool. Wow. Um, but, yeah, that's named yeah. like some like pretentious actor name. <laughs> it totally is. That's Copley. exactly what I mean. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme and Phoenix Copley. Yeah. Or, yeah. Some Bond <laughs> movie or something. But um, it was just kind of a back and forth lackluster. Uh, they didn't feel in it. Um, and, and I hate even talking about face-offs anymore, but that was one of our lowest face-off games of the year like 36%. It was laughable. Um, and it's just not a very good game, you know? Yeah. 
And and you never know which team is going to show up from time to time because then the very next, I agree, we have lackluster, meh game, eh, then maybe they're not that good. Maybe they'll make the playoffs, but then eh, they're not that good. I don't know. Oh, never mind. Arizona comes to town. Wish I had been at this game. We our friends Jim uh, Trapper and Don were at this one. Uh, I, I keep I keep taking a double take uh, looking at this score. They, they they really lifted their spirits on this one. One of if not I may have actually I think it was the most lopsided victory in Kraken history, maybe by a goal. Uh, eight to one, they beat the Arizona Coyotes. Wow, can we play the Arizona Coyotes every day? I I, I almost started to feel bad for Arizona. O- only almost didn't really feel bad for them. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, Absolute domination on all phases of that game. Goals from Eberly, McCann with two, getting close to 40 goals here. Susie, Susie, you don't see him on the scoreboard. I think it was only his third or fourth goal. Borgen, Bjorkstrand, Geeky, Donato. Even Geeky gets a goal. All right. Donato, Grubauer with in goal with 20 saves. Jim, your, your light must have been going off about if he, you know, you, you know, your neighbors must have been wondering what the hell was going on over there. Okay, good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, it was going off. And here's the thing. The Bruins game started like an hour before that. So you it have, was you have really the Bruins games and the Kraken games hooked into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even my wife says, what is going on down there? Because it was like, you know, a circus, man. Um, <laughs> that That was something. You know, that's a full-on green card game. And every time we've been winning these games – the decor has been solid on top. You know, everybody talks about the offensive production, but the decor has, has just been solid on all these. They're keeping the shots between 18 and 24 on these games, which is, you can't ask for more really. And they're keeping them outside boxed so that the quality of shots just aren't happening. Um, I, I just had to get that out there because the D have been stepping it up. Um, oh, that was also the game that uh, start. you know, that's just, that was like starting of nastiness between us and Arizona. This can carry on. It's kind of like a mini pre-playoff situation here. You play them three times in one week and it turns into like pre-playoff. Uh, Borgen, Borgen got pretty nasty in that game he, and taking care of business. And he's been playing some good hockey as well. Um, uh, nothing but good things. The power play was two for seven too. That's something that was, you know, we need to keep going because it was just, kind of hanging there doing nothing at about 19%. So you got to have that going. If you're going to the playoffs, you got to have your PK going. Uh, it was just a good, and Gru played well in that game, 20 for 21 on the stop. Um, and, you know, they brought up a stat that blew me away and it still blows me when I think about it. We have seven games where we have scored seven or more goals. That's insane. That's Isn't incredible. That I would have guessed five. Isn't it? Because, because, you know, Chris, as you know, I like using the word floodgates, open the floodgates uh, in our Bruins stuff. When, when when we hit goal five, I turn the valve. Six is a floodgate game. And I don't know, that might happen, what, four times a year with the bees, I think? Yeah, if that. Seven times this year. Seven times for seven goals. I, I still can't get over that. When we unload, man, we get it going. It's crazy. And it's it's total committee scoring all the time. It's, you know, it's all the way down the line, three, four – you look at the guys on paper, there's a lot of third, fourth liners scoring on these games, big time. So, yeah, what a game, man. How about you? What do you got, Nathan, on that? That's a great mind. Well, yeah, it was just fantastic. But, you know, when you're talking about it getting a little chippy, let's talk about this just for a quick second, just a little longer. We had 31 penalty minutes. They had 49 
penalty minutes for Arizona. Okay, that is getting nasty. I love it. I love, I love it. it too. Love it too. It's an all-around ass whooping, shoving <laughs> it down their throat because you know you can. I sometimes, you know, I love a close game. Sometimes I like it when you just get your butt kicked. Oh, and trust that's what we me. Did. Trust me. Yeah. As long as you're on the winning side, right? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Got to be on the winning side, or else it doesn't count. Yep. Absolutely. Well, great, great stuff there. And uh, but you know, some on paper, some tougher games uh, were coming up after that. Now, one that we I think we were all a little worried about was going up to Vancouver because the Canucks are out of the playoffs. But they've been they were on a roll there for a few weeks. They were playing some of the best hockey. We talked about it with Paul Brownlow uh, last week or la- the last episode. Uh, what a role those guys were on. And I'm almost thinking uh, this, this may be a, a loss on this one going up to Vancouver. They've always had some tough times up there. And, uh, but, uh, that hot streak, fortunately for the Kraken, they came, you know, the crack Canucks were sort of starting to come down to earth around the time that Seattle goes up there and Seattle wins. Uh, they started in a two goal hole early in the game, Canucks getting the first two, but from the very end of the first period on, uh, Kraken came roaring back with scoring five unanswered goals, including goals from Gord, Tanev, Eberly, Schwartz, and Beniers, like you just said, Jim, it, it's committee. You spreading spreading the scoring love on and on this one too. Totally, uh, I'm right with you. Heading into that game, I was thinking, okay, this is this has a recipe for a loss buildup, just because of the way Van's been playing, and you know we'd only taken one out of six from Vancouver, and getting down too early, I thought, oh boy, here we go. Uh, but then, they, like you said, they turned it on, and then the D game stepped up again. Susie had a really good game. It's good to hear his name a couple times because he's been pretty quiet this year compared to last year for sure. Um, Schwartzy got on the board again, and then Maddie's stepping it up still, so that's nice because he was in those little dry spells. Um, you know, it was just a really good game. Uh, Jones sixteen eighteen. I mean, shots are down, right? So. Uh, that, that was a pleasing victory that I thought straight up we might not be in it at all. So that's a definite plus game right there. You guys got to remember though, these guys are kind of road warriors this year, you know, been winning, been winning on the road. And I, I felt the same. I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried about going up to Vancouver. Things were looking good. And I was wondering, you know, when the shoe was going to drop, but oh, yeah. Vancouver came out physical. They came out real physical. They out hit us uh 43, 27 and hits. Um, we had, you know, almost double their shots, double their shots, really. Uh, everything else was pretty close, but it was a really physical game, which was good to see. And we came away with it. So there you go. You know, you're right. We, we do call us road warriors, but something was going on there it, where it was backing off just a little bit. Yeah. And I was starting to worry that, okay, now we're just, cause it's all leading up to this playoff push that. All right, we and we got to start winning at home, which we did for once. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. The I don't have the stat in front of me, but I think it was just a week or two ago we had only won twenty-one or twenty-two games at home. And when I heard that, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Out of all the games we've played, majority of our wins, more than a majority of our wins, have been on the road. So. In sports in general, especially I'll go to baseball for a quick second Uh, from a managerial 
point, you tell your team, you know, I understand if you're not going to win everything on the road, but you got to win at home. And with hockey, with this Kraken team, it was just totally flip-flopped. And uh, it's good to see that you can, you know, leave a bad taste in, you know, the fan base of other teams' mouths and and leave your presence and make your presence known that, hey, doesn't matter where we go, doesn't matter who we play, we're going to we're going to play and we're going to we're going to play hard. So it's yeah, good. Well, win's like a win it. and you want you want them to win anywhere they can but exactly. you want to you want to see some wins at home, you know, and and it's getting frustrating I I think but you know, interesting on this run guys, most of these games that we're talking about, not the Vancouver game, but most of these wins uh, lately have been home. So it, it was like, whoa, maybe does this bode well getting into the playoffs? We'll we'll see cuz uh next game, you know, so they're knocking on playoffs door. They're ever so close. It's like, okay, one more, two more wins, and they're fully officially in. We don't have to, you know, wait too long. And we really didn't have to wait too long. Here comes Arizona again. Uh, no way to one game this time. But uh, they, Seattle Kraken, as I said earlier, clinched a playoff berth uh, on, uh, you know, underline it there, April 6, 2023, boys. Uh Played Arizona again, uh, this time at home, winning four to two. Jared McCann getting his 38th goal. Vince Dunn, Dunn, what a season we've been talking about all year. Great season from him. Ebbs, so solid. Uh, he got his 19th goal. And Maddie Beneers, to your point, Jim, you know, uh, he's gone on these little dry streaks here and there, but he's he's on a great roll right now. And, uh, you know, he got his 23rd. Um, you know, uh, Arizona got a couple of goals in there. One, you know, last as we're trying to celebrate. Okay, we got this win. <laughs> the last minute, uh, oh, God. Uh, got what is like. Oh God, come on! You know, get, you know what, what a what a bummer at that. But it's fine. They still won the game. Uh, it, it was it was it was really an, an incredible. It, I mean, we're all there. The electricity of that, guys. I mean, th- thoughts thoughts yeah. on that, game, guys. Both of you. Well, for one thing, I. I I went I sit next to you, Chris, and we were sitting there thinking, okay, this isn't going to be an eight to one game, uh, but it's going to have that playoff feel because it's just two days away from yeah, last. There was some chipping days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, and uh, it just and you know they're going to study their film. There were they you know they had to have stayed in town all three days. They're not leaving, right? So I'm, I can't remember which ice they used for practice, but you didn't hear much about it. They kept that on the DL, but. You know, they did their best to match our game and they played better. And um, it was a little tight there for a while, but you're right, man. And then Borgen did it again. He just, he, you know, he's like, you're getting nasty. You're going to have to step up to me. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it was good hockey. Uh, Grew had an outstanding game, actually. Yeah, 27 uh, saves on that one. Yeah, it was very yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 some high danger stuff, too. And you know what? Another, this is another one of those nights where the ice was crap, to be honest. There was a lot of bouncy going on. A lot. Um, do you remember how much play was happening in front of the, from hash mark to crease? It was all kinds of bouncing pucks and guys swatting at stuff on both ends. It was crazy. Anyway, uh, they put it down late, you know, nice authority. Uh, so they're, they're, they're doing it at home again and I'm enjoying it for once. I'm paying money and I'm seeing some wins. So I'm happy there. Um, good game. One word. Disciplined. That game, they played so disciplined. They looked smooth. When you look at the stats, 
everything was great. Um, I mean, we did have nine giveaways to there too, but other than that, you know, I was, I was there with you guys, uh, sitting in a different section. I was sitting, uh, on the shoot twice side and it's funny you mentioned the ice and the condition that it was. I noticed so many pucks go on edge or go even hop over the blade of a player's stick for no reason, you know, and uh, it was a little disappointing to see, but man, they, they played great. And I have to mention this. We also got to see something really special. Our own producer, Jay and his band Avenue East were the house band and they rocked that place. When they first started, as people were filing in, they played in front of maybe two or 3000 people. And the next thing you know, they're playing in front of a packed house. And I was up there I saw you guys went and saw saw Jay and talked with his mom and dad for a few minutes and just to see the pride on their faces to see their son playing, you know, like that. It was it was a killer, killer night. Uh, I ended up leaving with uh, my friend Jason probably about four minutes before the game was over just because we were trying to beat the crowd. We knew what was at stake and everything, and we we knew that there was probably going to be a little bit more of a buzz, you know, and not a lot of people were going to be leaving. I regret leaving early, I'll admit, and I probably will never do that again because you always miss something, you know, and I missed out on one of those playoff shirts that they were getting rid of out there. Oh, so. And they little playoff cards, too, you know, and they were passing that out, and then just the celebration was was more electric than usual it wasn't just any old win you know and you know the whole yes thing and everything it was just you're right nathan people stuck around so yes you beat traffic rather well so that was good but yeah there was this uh there was this electricity you're not going to see I, every day there yeah and i got in and you're right jay's band i was there for the whole thing up the space eagle club early on checking it out and they did sound great yes avenue uh, you know East, what I, folks here catch them up yeah there. good job yeah. jay they sounded tight, tight. Anyway, um, going back to the – Chris, I talked to you about this, about that night. We knew what was at stake, a clinching. And I, I realized that night that I, I was kind of taking the season for granted because we had a – we started out pretty hot that first third of the year. Then we had the all-star lull of up and down, up and down. And then we have the late push. Now we know we're in. And it was like once we were there and once we clinched, it was a whole new game in my head like, wow. You know what? We've been pretty hard on this club just because, you know, we, we tend to do that. But, man, I, I, I would got to tell you that it's a good season and you got to you got to be a critic of this stuff. And I guess we were just being spoiled because they were a good hockey team. And when we didn't see something they were doing good, we wanted to talk about it. So I, I just total smile on the face that night. It was pretty cool. I remember, you know, slapping fist pumping with Chris going, shit, here we are. Second year we're in. I, I guess I wasn't thinking like that. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. No way. Yeah. It, it was, well, cause you know, we've said it once, we said it a hundred times, you know, and then after last year, which again, weren't holding our breaths on playoffs in the first year, it wasn't going to be another Vegas thing, but you know, we thought they'd do better and you know, they, okay. We got Maddie and some good additions, you know, and I thought, you know, the, maybe a bubble team. And I guess they are, but they're obviously on the, on the, on the positive side of the bubble, but uh, you're right, you know, and, and they've been a odd team, but they're still new with, they're still a young team for the most part, you know, and uh, they, 
and they're going to gel more. And I'm really excited about next season. I'm not trying to get too ahead of things, but we, we said, uh, I don't know, a couple of episodes ago, I'm just thinking of all the, uh, you know, draft picks and people moving up from Coachella and, and other positive things and get Andre Burakovsky back playing, you know, it, it really bodes well. And as Tommy said earlier, you know, some team can just get hot. If they can stay hot here and Groob and Jones and Decord, whoever's in the net, can can just you know latch it down and they could get past the first round. It's entirely possible. So uh yep. I'm gonna hope for that. You know, they certainly have the the skills to do it. Just, you know, uh Stars have the line here and they have to just all collectively play good hockey. Um, one thing before I go to the next game, you talk we've talked about the ice and condition and everything and how bouncy pucks. One thing I noticed, and I think we talked about this, Jim, when we were at the game. I noticed at least three guys lose their edge, like guys just out of the blue falling over. Is that affecting also the skating in, in your edges a bit? Uh, you know, I'm going to say absolutely. Uh, I've noticed that too, big time, you know, and it's funny because it always seems to happen when a player, a defensive player is close and the stick might be within uh, 12 inches of that skate blade and everybody automatically throws their arms up and you screams for a call. And I'm like, dude, he caught an edge. He went down on his own. Um, so yes, it can definitely be part of that. Like I've skated on some ice. I used to, when I used to skate up in Whistler tournaments, they got some ice up there and you would think it would be top level ice. I used to call it slick top ice. It was the weirdest ice. It felt like your, it felt like your blade wouldn't actually cut. It would just slide out. It was like, if it, I could, Give an example, like spraying ice with WD-40 on top of it. Just kind of strange. It's a soft, a softer ice will do that. A softer ice, you can cut deeper, but at the same time, you can slide out because the, the sharp edge doesn't catch it properly. I remember I remember seeing Sprongy. Uh, it was right at a whistle, and he kind of tripped a little. I remember and he's that. looking remember back that. behind yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, it was right by the blue line, heading to the bench. And I that was when I started paying more attention literally 30 40 seconds later uh on the shoot twice side uh to the left of groovy was the face off and again that's when i saw a puck just skip right over somebody's yeah. right over somebody's stick and yeah, it just it was weird. It seemed to be more on that end too than and, yeah. Well, that's, other, that's when I that's actually when I saw because the other one I remember the strong one. I I think it was O'Brien maybe of the Coyotes. It was Larson, like two Coyotes guys would fell over, and you're like, what the hell happened? But Larson, yeah. Larson behind the net, and then he went out to reach the guy and he tripped the guy. But it's like, so I mean, don't get me wrong. There can be some deep cuts across that create this. But like when you see a scene where you see Sprong looking back like that. He's probably expecting to see a piece of tape off a stick sitting there, a little tiny piece, because that happens too. You'll see refs pick that stuff up. I mean, it gets on the ice. But when you're when you're laying it down, and you know these guys lay it down, they're got high velocity and they're holding G's, but they can slip out too. But the ice has just been really choppy, really weird lately. Have you ever noticed that in between periods? This is so weird. I don't see this anywhere else. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, when they're cutting the ice, you know how they dim the lights when they're doing the Zambonis and everything. And yeah. they got those three or four, three or four guys out there with all the water bottles from the bench, just squirting the freaking rainwater onto the gap, onto the cuts. You ever see that? Yes. And people are like, what are they doing? I go, I don't know. I don't see this anywhere else. And so I always write it off as they're just saving the rainwater and putting it back on the ice. I don't know. There you go. Save the rainwater <laughs> people. 
Save, save the salmon, <laughs> save the rainwater, save stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, we got a little cherry on top. So anyway, we're riding high. They're in the playoffs. And then we've got the uh, very poor Chicago Blackhawks coming into town on uh, on April 8th. And that was a nice little cherry on top, icing on the cake kind of game. Uh, another high-scoring game. Uh, I game you, me and you, Jim, we were at, uh, that was super fun. Uh, seven to three, uh, you know, there were times Blackhawks kind of made it a little interesting, uh, you know, young team there and they're trying to make some good impressions. Actually, Seth Jones of their team got a couple of goals, but, uh, man, Ellie Tolvanen, Eberly, Gord, Larson, Sprong, McCann, the geeky, the committee, right? All these guys, uh, Jerry McCann on, on the verge of uh of 40 goals here uh that was his 39th uh that was just that was just great all along uh it's weird game though a little concerning though and um uh, martin jones uh part of the way left the game uh grubauer came in really cold in the third period but actually looked good he, you know stopped 11 of 11 shots jones 15 out of 18 something's up with jonesy because they just brought joey decor up to back up grubauer um, uh, but, uh, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but, uh, fun game guys, you know, what, what, what wasn't to like about this one? Right. That was one of those seven goal games, seven of seven, uh, man. Yeah. We were there every, I got highlighted Ebb, Sprong and, um, McCann with solid games throughout the whole night. But my favorite part of the whole night was when Larson got out of the box on that penalty oh, and that nice stretch, that semi stretch pass from McCann and boy Larson you know he doesn't have big wheels or nothing but he, he he had enough lead on the defender and he just went in one little head bob right and I'm like what in the hell and I thought my I, I think I tweeted something like all right you better have Larson on the uh on the shootout next shootout because that was a beauty and uh you're right though there was a, um they were close when it was three two and there was that offside challenge that we won which was kind of nice because that could have been a, a little bit of a game changer there if that didn't happen. Um, but other than that, what a great game, man. Yeah. I'm sorry that I wasn't there. Chris, you had asked if I could make it with you and I, I, I wasn't able to go. I was having a really fun date with my wife and, uh, but well, yeah, good game. Do what good you got to do. Um, it's all good. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Uh, when you look at the score, seven goals, you look at our face-off percentage, not all that great, but then you look at the takeaways. When you look at some of the stats, it tells the story. It really does in just how it went. You know, when you when you take away a puck and you can actually do something with it and you put it away, how many times, I, I'm not exactly sure how many off those takeaways, but I think I remember two or three of our goals were off of takeaways. And they do that a lot. And that's that's really good to see. And it's happening more and more as the season is coming to an end and the passing being more creative. It's just it's working. I love it. Seven to three. Like you said, another seven goal game. Let's uh, let's see if we can get another one before the season's and, over. And, and <laughs> part of me is like sometimes when I see that, oh, save your goals. We might need it later on. So. I'm going to admit something. So as most people know, we, you, know, you regular listeners of our program, when we record this, 
it doesn't get edited and, and released until maybe two or three days after we record. So uh, we're actually recording on a game day. We're kind of like looking above us here on the TV and looking down. We're recording this as uh, the Coyotes in town again. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry, in, in Arizona. Uh, Kraken went to Arizona playing the Coyotes tonight. As we speak, with about 12 minutes left, Seattle Kraken up three, Arizona one. Can we sweep the Coyotes? Looking good right now. Bjorkstrand. Schultz, the Schultz getting some an unassisted goal, and Maddie Benitez, ka-ching, Maddie, another goal for him. So they're up three to one as we speak, as we uh, record this. So obviously, when this comes out, we'll know that hopefully they won. Hold <laughs> on. So anyway, we'll report a little more about that in the next episode, as well as uh, the other games coming up. Two, two against Vegas, as we tell you that. I think that'll be. I think that's going to be kind of telltale. That's going to really set the tone even more so than these games for the, for the playoffs. I, I just confidence level, everything, you know, how they haven't seen Vegas in a while. Uh, it's, these are important games, even though they're already in the playoffs. Correct. You know, I was just trying to do a quick look up on our uh, goal differential here. Cause it's gotta be pretty good again. Cause you know, it was up high and then it slid a bit in our little lull area. And now we're up. Uh, I'm curious. I didn't have time to look it up, but these these games are helping. And you need that. If you're heading in the playoffs, you need that differential throughout the playoffs. You need the strong offensive game, you need the strong defensive game, which they've been doing. The goaltending is going to be key. And hopefully Gru can step it up here uh, and the team, the boys can ride with them and, and, and give them protection and they can just get on a roll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll see on the, you know, group, hopefully, and he's looked for the most part, he's looked quite good recently. Um, Jones, not bad either. Although Jones is hurt. We don't, we don't know what's going on. Joey Decord came up. I'm sure Coachella isn't crazy about that because he's been really winning for that. They're about to start their playoffs any day now. Uh, Actually their playoffs started in uh, April 19th and they're going to have a pretty high seed. So Kudos to Coachella for doing so well, and uh, good luck to them in the playoffs, of course. But will they have Joey back there with them? I I don't know. Maybe well, obviously they have Chris Drieger uh, there to to run that. But uh, uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, we may we need to see Joey here and there, or maybe Groob's just going to have to go on a long run. But um, you know, Burakovsky, we still don't know uh, what his status is. Everybody else though seems in good shape. Um, you know, thoughts going going into the playoffs, uh, Jim, or any statistics, playoff thoughts from either of you guys, uh, uh, you know, um, enter in there. Well, the Burakoski thing is just, it's obviously ticked everybody off from day one about information, but that's just the NHL doing their job these days. Um, he was in a red, no contact uh, roughly a week ago. Uh, so he's obviously doing that probably a lot of single sessions, you know, th- that's such a mystery too. Like if he's that close and they're doing that, they, they want him ready for a seven game series. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, I like what we're doing as a WC one wild card one. I like where we're at. I like what we're doing. Uh, I I've been watching these games a lot more. The defensive structure is super solid. The neutral zone shutdown is great. Um, the puck pressure is good. The, the Everybody's being responsible about, about what they're supposed to do. There's not as many uh, errors of non-coverage. Uh, the, P, the PP is right at 
six, which is it's it's adequate. It can do its job in a playoff. The PK is finally up to 73. Remember when it was like 67? So it's on the yeah, up. Really nice to see. Yeah. So those are those are as long as you play discipline hockey and, and keep the errors down, you can you can do some upsetting in a first round situation. But like I said, the key is going to have to be goaltending because everybody knows you need the tender, you need goal production, and you need solid structure D throughout the entire system. So there's one missing formula there and, and maybe just step up. And you know what? We've been, if we can get some big time goal production, um, it, it, things will be okay. Uh, we bought Chris. We've talked about this. Nathan, we've talked about this. Like, who do we want to face? There's some teams on paper that seem stronger than others that I wouldn't mind facing. As we all know, I think we're collective on Edmonton. I do not want to see Edmonton. I don't want to see Minnesota. I don't even want to see Dallas. I think we can play with LA. I think we can actually play with Vegas, believe it or not. Uh, just because the way we match up against those guys, every time we've played Vegas, it's been a pretty close game, even though they've dominated the, the wins, but we beat them last time. So like Chris says, these two games are huge, both home and away. Uh, it, it could be a good tell going in. Um, I do have, Edmonton win in the West. I'm just going to say it right now. As we speak, seven game win streak for Edmonton. Actually, at all, all, all of it, all of the top teams, with the exception, LA is at least faltering a bit. I, I would like to see LA. I don't think that I, think I would too. Happen would will happen, but uh, Colorado, you know, five games. Dallas four. Minnesota has been strong. You know, they're they're going back. All those central teams and Edmonton kind of worry me, but. Uh, also, all those wins aren't necessarily sustainable, unless maybe you're right. No. <laughs> but, well, uh, the one the one thing about Edmonton that's, that's got me all bugged up is, look, McDavid and Dreisaitl are doing their thing like at top level. And for the first time in that I can remember, they're getting goaltending at a, at a Skinner right now. And that's the difference because they haven't had goaltending sure. forever. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, we all look. Everybody's known they've no, had you're two, right. week, two, two weaknesses in, in everything, and that is defense and goaltending. And I can remember going back to, you know, they've had the number one draft for a million years in a row, pretty much. I can remember always saying, when are you going to trade down and, and finally pick up some D? And they finally did some D work. You know, they got Ekholm, and, and they've done some other adjustments. And that's a difference for them with Skinner playing way over his head. So, I shouldn't say that he's a good goaltender, but they've never expected to see this out of him. No, nine you know? twelve, yeah, nine nine twelve save percentage as of today. Um, Campbell's at uh, eight eighty eight. Campbell's Campbell's already turned out not what they thought, so you know it's right. all Skinner's net. It's really more about Skinner, yeah, totally. Yeah. And the guy knows how to win. I mean, he, he had a good junior career. But then also with the D, you know, you get guys like you know, you know, Nurse and you know, Bush, all these guys. Home, yeah. You know, you know, he's a huge he's, difference maker since they got him from Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. So they're they're making a big difference to say the least. So uh, yeah, it it changes from day to day. So uh, there's a lot happening, and there's so much happening that we can't possibly wait two weeks to do our next episode. We're gonna be back here in a few days in the, in the midst of playoffs, we're going to be uh, weekly folks. So uh, keep, keep that in mind. Cause there's 
Well, you know, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of excitement. We're all excited. So we're uh, definitely making the time uh, for a little more crack and fan cast as we go into our first playoff hockey season on our podcast here. It's so exciting. Uh, we're psyched. What can we say? Um, one piece of news, because uh, once in a while we have some news. I mean, we've talked about a lot of news, but there is something interesting. You know, again, future prospects. Uh this, uh, this came out today. The Seattle Kraken announced uh, per a team release that they've signed prospect David Goyette to an entry-level contract. So Goyette is official. He was a second-round pick of the Kraken in the 2022 NHL draft after scoring 33 goals and 73 points in uh, his OHL games with the Sudbury Wolves uh, in the 21-22 season. Um, he's a big, uh, it's not a big guy, uh, 5'11", 174, but uh, highly skilled, uh, good goal scorer, fast kid, um, and um, young too. He just turned 19 last month. Uh, he'll likely return to the Wolves next season, uh, but when that's uh, wrapped up, he uh, will be eligible to play for either the Kraken or the Coachella Valley Firebirds, probably start with the Firebirds, but uh Jim, we saw him a little bit in uh, training camp and, uh, you know, ni- nice to have him wrap up and the decent prospect, certainly. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is no surprise. He has had a hell of a year and I need to correct uh, your numbers here. Just he, oh. he's actually, sorry. Well, this is what this article said. I was reading from something. So. <laughs> All right. You ready? You ready? Sudbury Wills. We know that 63 games, 41 snipes. 51 assists, 92 points. Okay, this is good stuff. This is like this is like Jacob Melanson. This is like uh, you know, guys that are starting to step up, like Ty Nelson's defensive numbers are solid. Um, these guys are really putting out numbers. Oh, that, you know what? I you're move. right. Just to say you're right. The ones I was reading, that was from the season before. Yeah, exactly. 92 points this year in 63 games, correct. And his, and his first year in, in at OHO was great too with the numbers you read off. But so you got him uh, that he signs an ELC. That's good. So that's about five, six players now on ELC that are in junior, which is fantastic. And they all have high numbers. Um, the uh, uh, the uh, the actually they could see is, him with Coachella in the playoffs. Could they bring him in that for that? He, they already announced that he's going to be coming up. Same with Shane okay. Wright because Shane got no Shane. They yeah. just announced. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. read that that they're going to bring uh, they're going to bring Goyette right up, and then Shane, as you know, uh, is eliminated with the OHL and the and um, the Spitfires at Windsor. He's eliminated, so he's coming up. Then they don't know what kind of role they want to do with that yet because guys. Oh, pardon me. There's the goal horn. You know what that means. Oh yeah. The netter. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me see. So yeah, I mean, they're gonna have, you know, because they've got some injuries in Coachella right now, too, still. So Hayden, you know, they can backfill there. And then Portoloski is is down. So they they got those two roster spots they can use those guys in, filter them in. So those are some good moves to get some guys some more time, some more, hopefully some good series. Looks like McCann just got it, I think. Yeah, there you go. There's number, oh, four, number 40. 40. Oh boy. I keep looking on. Oh, yeah, he is they're, so, they're so slow about adding things. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what a season he's having. We'll talk a lot about Jared McCann uh, later, but uh, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, so Coachella, I mean, get, getting stacked on some of these new young kids and they already have a great team already. So. Yeah. 
I'm impressed. Impressed. Wow. And their yeah. playoff start in three, three more games in their playoff start. So yeah, April 19th. They do have a date, but uh, TBD who they are going to end up playing. But they got a pretty high seed, so uh, they they have a really good shot of uh, going going far. So we'll we'll see on that. Awesome, guys. Well, great program. Great. Uh, thanks again to Tommy Polito for joining us. Uh, this was really fun. We're we're extra fun now, man. We got a playoff hockey team. We're so psyched. Uh, yeah. uh, thanks much for tuning in, everybody. Folks, always please keep in mind, if you haven't already joined us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, please do. Uh, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and best of all, our very own website, SeattleCrackenFanCast.com. We also hope you'll consider supporting us on our Patreon financial support platform. You can find more information for that at patreon.com slash KrakenFanCast. We have a number of people who help us out, like kind of other sponsors, want us to keep on doing what we're doing. And we're very, very grateful to all our supporters. So thanks again, everybody. So we're going to be back in one week, folks, not two weeks. One week because it's playoff time and we can't hold off talking about hockey with extra days. We got to keep talking about it. And there's going to be every single game is super important. So we're going to be checking back in with you very soon. Uh, as I said to Tommy earlier, there's nothing more electric than uh, NHL playoff hockey to me. And I know Nathan and Jim agree. Uh, we'll have plenty to talk about every day till this whole season ends, even, you know, no matter how far the Seattle goes. I mean, love watching watching all the NHL playoffs. It's, 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 it's super fun. So we'll be back with you in just a few days, more game discussion, more news. Uh, so again, as always for Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and our rock star producer, literally and figuratively Jay Middleton of Avenue East, go catch <laughs> them at a club sometime. Uh, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in everybody. And as always, we say, go, go, go crack. Crackin'. Crackin'.